Oh, ho, 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 ho. hello. It's me, Julia Child, with another episode of The Art of Podcasting. Fuck me. Um, I'm your host, Julia Child, and I'm here today with the Kevin Vincible, the Kevin Credible. The kevd up and ready to go. And uh, Kev, I get a little bit more Parmesan on this spaghetti, sir. Uh, the Kevin himself. Kevin Day is here. <laughs> What's up, Kevin? Uh, I'm doing great tonight. I'm doing great. How, how are you tonight, Spencer? I'm good, but I have used some spaghetti or, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, that sounds good right yeah. now, actually. Yeah, that would be better than what I had. I, 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 I got I got Subway. Um first time in a while it's a mistake what what do you think about subway what, what you know first thoughts see the idea of subway is always better than the reality of subway like but you guys have like good. pot belly right yeah what else do you got out there like because there's chains that are better than subway yeah right jimmy john's and panera and jersey mites and blimpy and all of those yeah, Blimpy is something that's like from my childhood, but I don't know if they receded from uh, California or what, but I don't see them anymore. Anyway, Subway, you know, I'm you I've been a Subway's defender. I think uh I don't think Jared did anything wrong. You know, I think he was That's the episode title right there. They screwballed him. Yeah. Um but no, I I, I think that uh in the past, even when everyone said, ah, oh, everything they make tastes bad, I've been like, whoa, you know, the salami tastes like salami. The cheese kind of tastes like cheese. And, you know, I love the taste of yoga mats. So if the bread actually is, you know, made out of yoga mats, you know, more, all the better. That's just, uh, you know, dietary fiber. I don't know. Whatever. You know, but I, I like their sandwiches. I've gotten them consistently. They're nice. They fill you up. Uh, they used to be $5 fill you up to five dollars that's a nice that's a nice thing that you can do they feel they feel like a blank meal like uh like a skip meal like like you know like in uh in uno there's the skip card it's like it feels like that it's just you skip your next meal it's like you eat it you just don't remember you immediately have no recollection of eating it like 10 minutes later you're like i should probably eat something but it's like well i feel like i must have eaten something but you just have no it just it falls out of your head anyway um and so that's valuable for for someone like me who would like to to make a good decision and not be like now I'm munching on a salad or whatever you know I don't know I mean I actually like salads but I don't have a lot of good salad options other than a place that charges like twenty dollars for a salad so I don't want to go there all the time uh, anyway Subway uh, they got rid of they got rid of their vinaigrettes in favor of just their vinegar and their olive oil um, and it's a bummer. Um, I used to like the vinaigrette and you would say, I'd like the vinaigrette, please. And they grab the vinegar and you'd just say, no, no, the vinaigrette. <laughs> and um, then they'd, they'd grab for the oil and you'd be like, no, it's this, it's this one is the one. It's the only thing that ends with et. Um, but uh, ever since they stopped uh, having the vinaigrette, I have kind of uh, stopped going there basically you know because they used to have the red wine uh vinaigrette was really good and then they changed it to the subway vinaigrette and i was like i don't like this anywhere near as much but it's fine you know um 
and so now you know you're just slumming it i don't even have a problem with um you know oil and vinegar on a sandwich it's just subways i don't think is very good or whatever in case in point i got the subway sandwich today and i didn't forget about it because it fucking tasted like there's rubbing alcohol in the fucking red wine vinegar or something like it tasted like or like maybe it was red wine like it hadn't fully converted to like vinegar or something because it had a pretty strong whiny alcoholic taste to it my voice also has a has a very strong whiny taste to it i think um but it was really bad and like some of the bites was like oh yeah bread and cheese there you go and then some of it's like i'm just eating pine saw now it's so weird and so that was a bummer and so i i made a big mistake trusting subway even as i know they've betrayed me multiple times honestly um but but yeah do you have an order at subway do you ever eat at subway is that like i mean even if you're in an airport or something you know like in a dire situation or would you just not ever go for like a sandwich in that case I mean, like I'll eat Subway like when I'm on a road trip because that's like the, the consistently good thing you can get at a gas station. Like, you know, it, I guess in the Midwest, there's a lot of like rundown gas stations that for some reason have a Subway inside them. Yeah, yeah. Those those tend to be, you know, fair. But mm. I don't I don't, you know, otherwise really do Subway. What do you get, though, if you're if you're doing that or, you know, in, in general with the sub, what kind of subs are you going for? Um, actually I, I often go for just the, like the vegetarian sub. Um, cause like for many years of my life, I was strictly vegetarian and I still right. sort of stick to that occasionally. So that's, that's usually what I get for somewhere like at subway and places like that. Like the um, veggie patty or just the different vegetables. No, I don't, I don't do the patty at subway. That's yeah. really bad. I don't, I don't, I don't know who likes that. I mostly like the veggie delight if I'm going vegetarian, but I have liked the patty. It just is mm-hmm. not. It's not, you know, it's it's kind of like the Veggie Delight where you still have to build your own flavors in anyway, you know, and then it's just, I what I like about it is it kind of has warm kind of more starchy kind of flavors as opposed to just cooling vegetables, which are, you know, pretty typical on a sandwich. So, but yeah, it's definitely the Veggie Delight's better. And then I would go like hard on feta if I wasn't getting meat and it would be like, yeah, get it. I wonder <laughs> if they even still have feta. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, well, <laughs> Why are we here today? What's happening, Kevin? Why did you bring me here? Because uh, we have a show to do. Right. Okay. I was hoping you were going to uh, fire me, but okay. Um, so, yeah, that's right. This is that happens. Um, we should talk about it. You're not going to do the show next week. There's not going to be a show next week on Sunday. No, no, we're no. not doing a live show for any of the Shrub shows. They're all canceled on Sunday, and it's it's all my fault. Right. It's because, um, so everyone knows Straub Home Video, it exists on like a server that you own it or something, or you're renting it or your company or something, someone's opening it. And next week, Kevin has decided to shut it down, uh, entirely the whole server and, um, like shave it. He wants to shave the server. I don't even know. Do we want to explain what that means? Like that doesn't even like have a clear meaning to me. It's it's like what, you know, Olympic swimmers do They swim your legs to the extra little bit of speed. Uh Um, After a while, the, the dust forms hair and the hair actually produces wind drag and that slows us. Right. And so I would think that sort of stuff is part of the normal maintenance of the server room. Like there are, there are, there aren't people coming by cleaning the dust or anything, or is it just over time? The hairs just form. 
Uh, yeah, over time, the hair just forms until it's, you know, you can, you can braid it at some point. And then once it gets to the mm. point you can braid it, it's usually where we say, okay, we got to bring somebody in and get rid of that. So it's time to admit something. I don't really know what a server is. So what even is, what is the Harmontown server? Have you ever seen the Harmontown server physically in person? Yes, I, I built it. Yeah. Um, mm. So in this facility kind of by O'Hare Airport, there's this little like locked cabinet inside a locked room, inside a bigger locked room. Um that has, I think we have 15 servers that were originally used for Harmontown that now also get used for all of Shrop Home Video and Channel 101 and everything else. So it's um, 15, do you have to shave 15 servers? I do, I do. And okay. each server has a name. There's a, there's a, they were named after everybody on Harmontown. And then when that ran out, it was community characters. But there's, there's a Spencer server that has nice. a label on it that says Spencer. Does it have anything specific in it that you're aware um, of? Pretty much they're all the same. You know, there's one server that's sort of the leader, and then every other server just replicates what the leader is doing. Yeah, that makes so. sense. Who's the leader? Is it Dan? That was Dan, yes. Wow. That's uh well so okay what so the, I guess I was imagining like a server rack room you know with all the different racks but it sounds like it's not like that it's just there's 15 servers but they're just in a different room like in a not server rack room no they are it's in a giant room full of thousands and thousands of websites but there's a, a server rack with its own little door in it and everything that's is specific just for the Harmontown and Channel 101 and okay so it is actually okay yeah like that that is interesting or trite you know take your pick um but you know again we're here we're here today you know uh we're not going to be doing the show next week but we are going to be releasing a podcast episode um because maybe this should should this be a secret <laughs> we I can mean, probably tease this on for a good 20 minutes to just kill some time today yeah well why don't you okay so my fucking computer is reminding me that my emails fuck my emails fuck kevin i i don't i don't know what the deal is but uh no, I I talk about my, yeah that certainly wouldn't surprise me um uh i you know or you lying about it wouldn't surprise me either because everything this man says is lies you think there's a fucking server room with its own doors are you guys kidding me he's fooling you the thing I haven't figured out is why, but that's why we got to continue. I can't stop doing the podcast. You know, we can't end this podcast until I really figure out why you just, you know, what, what where your compulsion to lie just so profusely comes from, you know? You know, Kevin once told me, he touched my hand and then his eyes went white. They like rolled back into his head. And then he said, you're gonna get hit by a train and i was like you know i don't like this guy and i you know and then here we are you know i haven't been hit by a train yet some more lies i assume man can you imagine getting hit by a train it does sound like a terrible way to go if you had to get hit by a train how would you want to do it probably just like walking away from the train with my headphones on so i don't know that it's coming you know mm -hmm. and it just blasts you standing yeah yeah okay yeah. yeah do you have a do you have a you know when someone says getting hit by a train where do you go oh my foot's stuck and i'm like trying to pull it out but my ass is like pointed right at the train so the train like hits me ass first and like just 
like probably blast me in half at least you know it doesn't knock um, you clear it, it just knocks you over yeah okay no well it knocks me clear of my foot it like rips it my body is ripped out of my 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 stuck foot's uh you know placement certainly but then you know the force of the blow i think just snaps me in half and you know each half goes on either side of the the front of the train probably i don't know i don't know if that's what i want to happen but that's just the thing that you know is always in my you know that's what i'm always thinking about nonstop. but you know i brought you here because i wanted to interview you um i wanted to ask you some questions did we talk about what's happening next week? Why there's an episode? No, no. So, well, um, where Abed's going to do the show, um, Abed's going to cover for us because <laughs> Kevin can't do the show, but Abed has this whole stage, all these props, and apparently, like, amazing creative consultants that are that are more than happy to live produce during the show and, you know, just pitch. It's not even a pitch when you just do it, you know, <laughs> unannounced. It's less of a pitch and more of a, uh, uh, action you know direct action but you know so i think he can probably handle it it'll be good um you're gonna not want to miss it um you know uh he's 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 planted some real special stuff but yeah anyway no but i do want to interview you that's that's what i was saying if i said it i guess i got sidetracked i love getting sidetracked but what was your what was your childhood like huh you have a lot of friends you have any close friends yeah, I mean, I tended to stick to just one or two close people at a time. But yeah, I, I yeah. had very close friends. And, you know, I mean, I was definitely the nerdy kid in school, but I was well liked, I think. Mm -hmm. What about uh, high school? Same stuff? Yeah, pretty much. You know, I mean, it was still at those years that being a computer nerd was even more socially unacceptable than it is today yeah. you know yeah you're you're a bit older than me so it was more pronounced back then than i dealt with but it was yeah you know i i liked high school mm -hmm. good grades no terrible terrible yeah i just got good so test taking skills I, no i just got bored of school and didn't care you just didn't do it yeah i just i just didn't do any of it what'd know? you focus your attention on um all kinds of things. I mean, like, so I guess in my high school years, I was doing a lot of video game tournaments and things like that. Um, games. I was really good with Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, um, you know, which was just before I worked at Midway. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I was kind of like, hey, I, I want to work there. Yeah, man. I yeah, it would be. That's. Did you ever? I guess you probably didn't. But uh, when I was a kid, it was one of, uh, like a kid, one of these kid memes, you know, that just goes around and who knows who invented it. One of the kid memes was, you know, you can make a video game if you draw pictures of it and send it to Nintendo, and if right. they're like, holy shit, you know, this is really the the cat's bananas or whatever, you know, uh, then they'll make it into a game and you know who knows how that process goes but like i you know i would draw draw like mega man kind of alternate kind of game ideas i had the idea for a mega man game where you could pick different kinds of mega man there's like a fat one who had big bullets and stuff but he couldn't jump as high i don't know you know stuff like that and they've they've opened up the mega man series since i was a kid to kind of let you play different characters with different capacities like that so i was on the right track i think um but you know it's also a very obvious uh 
direction to push into also but you know i don't know it's when you're a kid you're like man i want to you know i love this shit so much i want to i want to be making it you know but also when you're younger you usually don't have really clear line i mean maybe by the time you're in high school you do but i don't know when i was in high school i would watch improv and i had taken an improv class in like middle school as like an elective but it just never clicked in my mind that oh like comedy is a thing that i could be learning how to do like i would watch comedy central and i was like wow there's a comedians and i know these guys and my dad says he actually knows this comedian uh when he comes up on the show sometimes and but it still just never clicked to me that it's like oh you know you like watching comedy that could be something you did you know um so like it was i don't know but but was it like that for you where you're like oh man i want to make these games or were you not thinking about it like that at the, at the start yeah i mean I, I i really felt like back then you know i wanted to make games people would love and i thought i could you know make good contributions and i yeah i i totally was was all about i i, I want to make games i want to do something that you know i want to see something clear I made in the store yeah yeah for sure that's awesome um so what were your parents like what did they do i mean uh were they together were they yeah. divorced uh, they were still together right still yeah. together today yeah um yeah they owned a computer store which made it very easy for me to be a little computer nerd mm -hmm. um so they did they like computers then no and they, how did they fall into buying a, having a computer store um my dad's you know? brother started it and decided he wanted Family. to work on something else so my dad took it over okay were they good at their jobs like oh very it? very much and you know i think they kind of wanted to see me take over running it from them one day sure or you know they wanted to see me get a degree or something like that they weren't really thrilled that i kind of like left college to go move to Working. chicago where i knew nobody yeah. and work for this game company that they'd never heard of before sure yeah and like you know i don't know certainly people my age like you move away from the traditional diploma and stuff but i think that was like a slow shift that you know it was something that was a smart thing for certain fields for a while before it just became like i don't know college degrees don't matter or maybe they do and i'm just in the only circuit like part of america where you could get i don't know i don't fucking know i just know a lot of people lie about their experience or get jobs with no experience like that's relevant and stuff and i don't know how that happens but it certainly seems to but so what happened to the business um so i moved to chicago my other two brothers moved away they decided they didn't want to do it anymore so they ended up just closing it down because none of the three of us wanted to run it for them did they do other stuff too in their lives i mean they must have had other jobs at some point but yeah i mean my dad after that went and worked for a sheriff's department in the middle of nowhere in nebraska mm -hmm. um doing you know anything computer related that came in from just keeping the computers working in the courthouse to you know helping investigators if some computery thing came up in a case and stuff like that so mm -hmm. yeah so toxic jealousy we touched on this in our last uh record uh i have a lot of it uh i'm jealous of everyone i'm jealous of you in you know many ways but one of the ways i am being jealous of you right now is it does seem very nice to have p parents that at least on some level understand the kind of shit you're into you know the idea that like 
I w- I'm I'm into a field that my dad works in, you know, is like mm-hmm. is like to me really cool, which my dad worked in television. <clears throat> and um like I watched cartoons and stuff and I liked it, but it never like it, but that was kind of the only what do you call it? Like overlap or whatever and um both my parents, but my dad was more explicit about it. Um were pretty not happy with literally all of my hobbies. And um and I would feel worse about it because they were not like that about my brother's hobbies, which in my mind, hobbies are all mostly useless. They all teach you various skills that some of which come into play and they involve discipline and stuff that's all, you know, valuable. But like, you know, at the end of the day, skateboarding is, you know, exercise. But for instance, like, I don't know, like putting together an old project car or something isn't super valuable in today's world like i don't know i guess it is but uh it's like i I don't think it's like oh man now that i know how to change my oil uh, or like put on this uh different kind of hub like now i can you know now this is a life skill that it was good for me to spend time doing i don't know it's just like all hobbies just seem like you could pick and choose different good things and bad things about them they all just seem kind of uh equal to me basically or equally pointless like you know if you want to if you want to make something feel or seem stupid you know you can make anything seem stupid because everything is absurd like all of reality is absurd you know human human uh culture is absurd it's all just made up um anyway what i'm trying to say is i was like my parents would bend over backwards to like throw hundreds of dollars at my brothers and their hobbies and then i would be like hey you also have a third son <laughs> they'd be like well we don't want to sponsor this worthless you know activity that's not going to go anywhere you know not going to do anything for you and it was a huge bummer to uh you know be all like oh i guess i decided to like the wrong stuff in terms of you know having access to it as a child without a job and you know money you know <laughs> so like it was a real bummer um do you feel like your family now appreciates what you do for a living and your accomplishments and things like that yeah but like you you um, hesitate there yeah because i that's something that i guess might matters to some people but to me it's like okay you know oh oh spencer's just a little bit different but that's fine you know he'll find his way somehow but not the way he's you know wanting and spending his time and effort you know not through DD or magic the gathering the things he like not through cartoons and watching cartoons all day you know he should be more like his brothers and do uh dirt biking or um just having friends you know just having we'll give you money to be with your friends uh but it, but but not you know not spencer stuff and then oh man spencer joins a podcast with a famous tv writer who's like a famous tv writer and then jeff davis from whose line which is a show that's you know people know about in the 90s and, and 20s and 2010s and stuff you know like oh my god and then he got to make a tv show and i'm watching the tv show and i'm seeing Patton oswald laugh oh my god he really is talented it's like yeah i was fucking talented the whole time you could support me oh now that society has given me like a big sack of gold with like a dollar sign on it now you can be like oh wow it was uh, you know he really got that sack of money and now has society's approval it's like yeah no fucking shit now now you want to say like oh wow that's impressive yeah 
you can't deny that's impressive that's like the 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 american legal standard of things that are impressive i was in a movie you know like you can't be all like oh you know none of this D D stuff will amount to everything you know i don't know you you could like in like in like a movie that would be the case where it's like oh i came back i won the bowling championship dad and it's like i don't care what you are until you can get on that horse you know you know like i can imagine like there there exist people that might be like that but but certainly like that's not what i was wanting it's just like it felt so it felt so like if you're paying the fuck attention before you might have gleaned the value that i'm getting from this stuff before you know and not discouraged me so heavily and talked about like it's just specifically the fact that they said like it won't help me or amount to anything it shouldn't be anything i aspire to as a career path and then <laughs> i'm the only person in my family whose career path has anything to do with any of their interests you know and hobbies um and you know i'm making decent or i have made you know at this point i'm not really making money but i've i've made decent money doing that you know it's like i don't know whatever i just i, I hold a lot of resentment because it's like yeah it's like i don't <laughs> it would have been nice to have approval before society did you know it's like now i'm kind of okay like my whole life i was like i didn't really feel like much societal ap ap approval so when i went on the podcast and people were like wow spencer's so cool i was like yeah no i felt like i was cool like i felt like there was something missing you know i don't know and so i don't know whatever it's just i just and also my parents suck in in various ways so i i look to to hold hold it against them you know maybe the spitreon can spite my parents what if we could get on the spitreon we make more money than both of my parents make combined which i don't even know what their jobs are i don't i don't i don't know what's going on but that you know that would be some fucking global level spite i'll send everyone like an ipad or something <laughs> we do that, which i probably won't be able to afford my parents are not making a ton of money um I don't know what my I think my mom's a uh like a nanny for a kid. I don't know what my dad's doing. Um but anyway. Sorry, but that's why I'm jealous of you because uh when you have normal parents or parents that are like just taking an interest in your stuff, I don't know. It seems like it would do a lot of good for you. I've seen a lot of people that <laughs> they're just fully doing the thing that they like professionally and i was like wow would and then they were supported and i was like wow must be must be nice i don't know whatever I, this is this is so uncharismatic um anyway you have any best friends or anything you know like you said you had one or two people that you would attach to like for like my big best friend was wyatt um until he betrayed me and then my best friend was colin and that was more like high school and stuff but do you have anyone like that yeah, I have I have quite a few people in my life that I'm I'm very close to. That, oh, quite you know, a few people. Wow, must be nice. <laughs> I mean, no, I, would, I meant I like in high school you and stuff, as, as one of those. You know, like I, I we don't talk often, but I know if I called you at four in the morning and said, "Hey, Spencer, I have a problem. I need to talk." Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you'd take that call. Yeah, but that's just because I'm awesome. Like that, I don't know that it has to do with how close we are. But I, I get what you're saying. I think that like part of it is just my attitude. I think that since I'm a pessimist, I don't think of stuff like that because I would agree. I think that we are friends. I mean, obviously you don't live here, but uh, you know, like, but when I'm thinking about like how shitty my life is, I don't think like, oh, and Kevin, you know, I, I, I go like, oh, there's no one, you know, I'm not like, I'm thinking of like a void, like I'm, I'm imagining a void and not thinking of the people that actually do exist. I used to have to write down lists of people that I was friends with or friendly with because when I was like, uh, spiraling i'd be like wait no i have a list of people these are real people i've 
talk to them and stuff i put them on a list um but yeah anyway uh you seem to kind of be a skeptic around about people you know like where like you kind of said you're a pessimist and i think you know i think you are very good at spotting when somebody's not being honest with you and i think you're very good at spotting you know people who are maybe not being genuine do you feel Mm -hmm. that you have a, a skill in that area not particularly i actually think i'm relatively gullible i think i want to believe people and i just get burned a lot you know um but yeah i i I don't know i think that i definitely do feel gullible and i do feel like i have a lot of fear and anxiety and stuff with interacting with people um but uh, a lot of time you know it's just anxiety and stuff but like I know that I can feel that like my heart desire or whatever is to believe them and not be like, no, this person is trying to manipulate me or something. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's a lot of baggage to kind of filter through first. It is. But yeah, no, I was talking to my friend recently about how, I don't know why this is. Um, when I was young, I was a lot more socialized um, than I became as I kind of grew up and as a, like, you know, a kid not like an adult but it kind of carried over but um like my parents never had problems with me when i was younger but at a point they took me to the doctor and were like we think this kid's autistic and they're like well you know it's a they they said that they have to like ask questions about when i was a young child because you know even autistic people they pick up a lot of social cues and and learn how to kind of uh what do they call it passing or whatever um I don't think it's passing. I can't remember the actual word. Um, but uh, anyway, but so like, so, so even if, if, if they kind of seem normal now, you know, that could just be stuff that they picked up to like cope as opposed to like actually their autistic traits, you know? So you can, the idea is, yeah, the over time people learn to hide their autistic traits just to kind of get by on social interaction to some extent. And so you want to go to the childhood, like the early, early ages before that's, those kind of defensive kind of develop and so when they did that they asked a lot of questions and you know i apparently was very normal and so my parents were like oh i guess he's not autistic and they're kind of bummed out or whatever but um i don't know so like i don't i don't think i'm autistic although a lot of times when i read about autistic and um asperger people a lot of the stuff that they're saying like resonates with me on some level but anyway i feel like i feel like my interactions with humans um are not the kind of formative ones that most people have. And so I feel like a lot of what I've like learned socially was not through personal experience, but rather talking to people and learning about them kind of going through similar experiences and then talking to them, asking them questions about why they were thinking this or that, and then coming to kind of like an intellectual uh, understanding of what that person went through and then kind of like putting that in my bank of like social knowledge or whatever you know so like as a result it felt like i never like learned anything like or like nothing ever came naturally to me but and so maybe this is like a really normal way of development and i'm just like making it sound crazy but it always felt like it just felt like nothing was natural to me but everything that i i know is kind of more top of mind because i'm like okay I gotta keep you know it's almost like i'm always studying for a test or something it's like remember this this that that and that and um then when things come up it like it triggers those things and i'm like oh i wonder if it's this kind of concept that i learned about and so i don't know it's a weird kind of like almost outside observer um 
education on human interaction and stuff. And I don't know what that comes from, but it does, that does like feel like how I, um, you know, identify. Um, obviously I think a lot of people feel like outsiders in various ways, but I feel like this is different than just feeling like an outsider because it just has to do with like, I don't know how I relate to social information compared to other people. when I seem to talk to them anyway, um, all of this is to say, did you have any high school jobs? <laughs> uh, no, no, we got to take a break. We got to take a break. We'll, we'll be back with more dogs. Hey folks, this is Mitch, uh, Mike Mitchell. I'm here to talk to you today about me undies. Me undies are the freaking underwear. That's funderwear. And oh, baby, they paid me to say that. That's right, folks. MeUndies is back and we're advertising on That Happens with the caveat that the Doughboys have to do all the ad reads. So that's why I'm here, baby. Hut Doug. Use the promo code Goblin Flakes for 20% off MeUndies today. MeUndies. It's the underwear. Hey, Kevin, what the fuck was that? Did you hear that? I did. I did. What the fuck was that? That was uh, times are tough, Spencer. Uh, we got we got to make money somehow. No, it was just it sounded like a scream. I just heard like a screeching. Did the audience hear that? There was like a screeching, like a woman shrieking, like some sort of curses. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my God. Did you play the ad? <laughs> I did. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, you know, you got to support our sponsors. So if you ever need ethereal screamed curses, I don't even know how to describe what I was just hearing. Um, anyway. Yeah. Okay. So we're back. Well, uh, high school jobs. <laughs> you take any jobs in high school? Um, I worked at a tattoo slash record shop for a while. Mm -hmm. um i worked in arcade um not i mean high school i did not have much in the way of good jobs because it was a tattoo slasher oh sorry continue be you know it's it a very small town and not a lot of opportunities there so right was it a flat town yes yes mm -hmm. yeah i just always <laughs> i always forget how flat a lot of america is you know because california excuse me because california is so like bumpy and shit yeah no nebraska is uh, except for the west coast just pure flat yeah exactly it's like that i didn't know that was possible like i literally i was like land doesn't i didn't know that there was a thing that land does i thought it went up and down all the time you know yeah but you know california is obviously very tectonic so of course it has a lot of elevation and stuff but when i was a kid um well when i was younger i had a job at the do it center um i only have it for about a week because um I don't know. I was like 16. I think it was like the first time I could legally work a job and I was more of an edge lord. You know, I would go on to be on 4chan and stuff. I wouldn't say like the N word or anything, but like, you know, 4chan has a lot of bad uh, stuff going on and did back then too. And so, you know, I was a real shithead um, on some level. And so I was trying to tell jokes, but with through this terrible filter of, you know, bad internet humor and uh, just general toxic, uh, you know, hate for lack of a better word. Um, you know, I would, I would make jokes about Mormons and, and killing Mormons. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so a guy brought a different guy up to me and was like, Hey, uh, tell him what you're talking about. And so I told him one of these, these, it's not even a joke. Like it's not a joke. The joke is that it's not a serious thing, but if you didn't know me or, you know, you just heard a person say that you wouldn't necessarily go like, Oh, this person's lying. I, I don't know, whatever. I guess you decide. So I would tell the story of this, like, you know, I had, um, I was taking a shower and um, this entire story is fake, by the way, but you know, it was my idea of humor. Um, so I was taking a shower and I hear the doorbell. It doesn't stop. You know, uh, I think they're going to go away. They don't go away. Eventually I stopped the shower, you know, put on uh, a towel, try and dry off a little bit, run to the door and it's fucking uh, Mormons. And they're here to, you know, testify to me. And so, you know, you know what I do is I grab the baseball bat. I keep behind the door. And so I'm chasing them down the street, you know, brandishing the bat uh my towel falls off you know they're running they're screaming for help but, and i realize i'm not going to catch these guys so i throw the baseball bat like a javelin and it pegs one of the guys in the back of the head and just he just goes out cracks his head on the concrete he's dead and yeah so that's kind of you know what happens when uh when mormons come to my house so that was more or less kind of what i was saying and the guy that the other guy had brought was a mormon and i didn't know like i had no idea that that's why like but so it wasn't like entrapment but he was like look at this fucking crazy guy like look at what he's saying you know and so that the mormon guy i don't know if he told or or someone else or i don't know i don't blame anyone for this because <laughs> It's definitely my fault but so it got up to the manager and the manager was a mormon so they fired me and yeah i deserve this stuff i'm not complaining but that that was my first job i don't really talk about it very much because i only worked for about a week and uh it's a weird embarrassing story um but then my next job was at borders and i worked there for like three years and fucking kicked ass a lot of nerds worked at borders and it was awesome to work with nerds um i don't know i mean you know these days nerd humor is like a concept that we're familiar with but i was just like yeah the the references to final fantasy bosses and like chrono trigger music uh titles and stuff i just love like the the humor that would go on in the borders it was it was really nice but so so tattoo parlor and record store was that it yes called skinny's bop shop so yeah. you were a tattoo artist in in high school no i just worked okay. the cash register all right okay um yeah. did you like music back then what were your musical tastes pretty boring to be honest with you mm -hmm. um you know like i went through a dave matthews phase for a while i went through like counting crows and things mm -hmm. like that um you know if that gives you kind of like the, the time frame of when this was like you know early 90s. it would if i knew anything about music okay <laughs> early 90s you know uh-huh um so yeah i worked there for a while that was more like alternative rock maybe or kind yeah. of was he was he rock yeah was he okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i uh i didn't really listen to music i don't know i wasn't into music when i was a younger kid um i would listen to the music my parents played uh so like we would listen to um harry belafonte and uh garth brooks and billy joel and there's definitely songs that i liked among those but it was not like i wasn't like oh yeah this is my jam i understand why humans like music and you know i don't know i don't think i ever truly really understood like the appeal of music until i really started smoking a lot of pot uh, a lot of normal things made sense to me like wearing uh fashionable clothes when i started smoking pot <laughs> how old were um, you when you had your your first joint 
18. I didn't want to smoke until I was 18. My friends were smoking like for at least a year or two years before that around me and stuff. But I was like, I don't want to do it until I'm 18. And I didn't. And I didn't. I, I, I guess I snuck a couple drinks when I was like 20. But I didn't really drink before I was 21 either. Um, I certainly like never went to a party and like drank alcohol at a party with with people when I was before 21. But, you know, I don't know. But but my dad on a on a whim maybe not on a whim I, I might have asked him for an ipod i don't know everyone was getting ipods because in high school it was like right when the ipod first hit and so he got me an ipod photo which was cool but it was like it was a stupid product like you know no no blaming my dad but um it's a stupid product because it was the first like color ipod and the the point of it was it also could store uh photos but this was really before like camera phones and stuff so you would need to either i mean i guess back in those days you would have like you know nested computer folders for just image files especially if you're active on the internet and stuff um so i think i actually did put like memes and stuff on the on the ipad on the ipod but like i don't think like it also had games but like i don't think that there was really a real need for it other than like i don't know because there's also just hard drives and shit back then too so it's not like you would i guess you know maybe it's a cheaper hard drive and it's also music and so it's like why not you know keep your digital camera roll i don't know back then but, i did uh, a lot of photography and for me i had one of those for one reason only was you could get this thing that plugged into the bottom that had like a memory card slot on it. So oh, when my yeah. camera filled up, it would dump all your pictures immediately to the iPod and then empty the cartridge. And then I could put my memory card back in the, the camera and, and keep going. That mm -hmm. made it, I never used it for music once, I don't think. But and I would, that makes sense for photographers, definitely. Like, but then yeah. you need the whole fucking a digital camera or whatever, you know? Yes. But it definitely seemed like it could be a useful tool. And obviously, you know, just using iPod, you're like, oh, this is the future. Holy shit. But like, I just didn't, I didn't know music. And my dad had an iPod. He gave me an iPod uh, photo. And so um, I was like, okay. And there was like two cool girls uh, in my class that I was like on good terms with. And they were both like into different kinds of music and stuff. So I asked both of them like what your favorite music was. And uh, one of them said Guns N' Roses because she was more of like a punk rock kind of girl. And then one of them uh, said Freeze Pop, which is like this weird kind of electro poppy kind of i don't know i don't know what you, how you'd classify it maybe it's just electro pop but it was like a kind of like a electronic goal and then it has like a woman uh, vocalist as like the main voice for all the songs and stuff i don't know so i was just like okay and then i went home and like lime wired like all of guns and roses songs and then all of like freeze pop songs and put them on the ipod because i didn't know what you know any music was and then like for like two years that's basically the only music i listened to you know Know, not amazing i like guns and roses just fine but like neither of the neither of the you know discographies that i had like were full of like you know bangers it was all kind of crappy um but you know i would slowly gain a taste for like electronic music like uh tetris remixes you know like tetris theme remixes and stuff and um you know also 4chan has like anime music and kind of meme music that i would kind of get into like chocolate rain was like a thing people would remix and so i would have some of those songs and i don't know so it's slowly built out mostly novelty stuff from there and then but yeah to the extent i actually explore music it's almost all electronic like i went into infected mushroom i did parliament funkadelic for a while i really like funk music um but but yeah so 
did you ever get into electronic music or are you still more into guitars or yeah no i i think growing up in nebraska just ruined that for me because there was nowhere to you could not hear anything electronic if you wanted to you know it wasn't on the radio it wasn't in the stores it wasn't anywhere and that was Mm -hmm. a little bit pre-internet so you kind of like back then i think depending on where you grew up you grew up in a different bubble of music you know because Mm -hmm. uh, if yeah if it wasn't popular the stores wouldn't stock it which meant nobody could even listen to it if they wanted to and you know you wouldn't necessarily even know it existed unless you did beforehand right you know and i'd even notice just like from town to town sometimes you know a song that would be huge in one little on town in nebraska would be unheard of in the next one over you know right yeah yeah everything was like it back like that back then and everyone would just lie about their uncle being at nintendo or whatever the fuck yes um was your uncle i bet your uncle worked at nintendo you fucking no no i had no uncle at nintendo <laughs> but i yeah, did no, have you... like you know people not believing me for the longest time that like i hey i work at midway games now doing designing games and like I worked there for so long before anything I did came out that people were like, yeah, sure, sure. You know, not, all these games you keep saying you're working on never, never get released. So, yeah, I, like fully most of what you say, I have that reaction to, <laughs> you know, I, I got to imagine that most people you interact with your life have had that reaction at least a couple times to a lot of things you've said. Yeah, it's uh, I, you know, I talk to people, uh, you know, I talk shit all the time. I talk shit all over the place and I talk to people. I talk to people about the podcast. I talk to people about you. And what I say about you behind your back is that like I, I I'm fully of two minds. Anytime Kevin says anything, which is the first thing is this is just bullshit. Why is he lying to me? Why does he think anyone's going to believe any of this? And then the second is, I, I mean, why would this is stupid to lie about it? It's obviously he's just saying the truth. And, um, you know, you know, we've known each other for a long time. And for a good portion of that, I was more heavily on the fence of, I think this guy's just a crazy compulsive liar. But, you know, as time, time comes through and, you know, you, 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 you check your your realities versus your fakes and you know i've only counted like one maybe false thing but it's not even false it's just something that uh you said could happen in the future and there's all sorts of reasons why that thing would have fallen apart so it's like you know i can't it's like that thing didn't happen yet but you know that's not to say that you just made up the thing all sorts of reasons could have contributed it to not you know but that's like one of the only kind of check marks in the box of suspicious every time i've actually got an answer so i've come to be all like okay i have this kind of visceral reaction to why is this guy lying to me um but you know i always come back to yeah no i just you know that's my baggage but okay it's maybe maybe for a future show you should pick something that i've told you about my past that you don't feel is the truth and i'm gonna come up with some evidence for you well i mean we've uh, on harmontown we've talked about like your whole uh entrance like your introduction with dan right yeah like there was a big portion of the time where Dan was just carrying on with you that I was like, there's no way this guy's just a psychopath. He, he just somehow hacked Dan's email and is now feeding him a story so that he can get in his good graces. And there was a long time where that narrative made, it was still a coherent narrative for like a long period of time. It wasn't like the stakes were never that high because you know, you weren't ever like trying to pull anything, you know, mm-hmm. but like just that, that I was just like, 
there's no way that he got his like this is this is crazy he just like hacked it and has made up this crazy story and and yeah but obviously that was true uh you know because again there's you had the verifiable there's verifiable stuff that you were talking about you know where dan was this is during celeb gate right and dan dan's yeah. password and stuff was being hacked so we had to like go and revamp dan all of dan's cybersecurity. i think he started using um password managers at that point which i still don't use i gotta use password managers what password managers you use any of them i use it's called one password yeah that's the um, main one yeah that's the one i like because it just syncs to all my devices and what is that that's like 20 dollars a month now yeah i i don't i don't use the subscription version but there's one i don't think it's that much money though um i think it's cheaper than that it's like 40 that's bucks good. a year or something oh um maybe i'll try it i've used it before but it was it was it was a bit clunkier before but it was still good when i was using it i just i don't know i like knowing the password so the idea that it's going to be this giant you know authentication key or whatever is like it's hard pill to swallow but i know the technology works so it's not like i really am like oh no you know i don't know What did your music, you know, what do you listen to these days? You listen to music? Um, not as much as I'd like to. Um, I'm still like, I've been a big fan from their start of Foo Fighters though. Whenever they're in the area, I go see them live just because they put on such an insanely good show. And I really think like Dave Grohl is modern Mr. Rogers. He's just the nicest person on the planet. You know, like, yeah, he you've heard you can find some somebody saying something bad about pretty much everybody in the music industry but i've never heard anyone say anything bad about dave Grohl. you know people i know personally you know just like fans of music and stuff have been like uh fucking dave Grohl, the foo fighters suck and it's like there's it's one thing if it's like i don't like the music but dave Grohl seems like and you know i don't know maybe he gets canceled at some point who knows but like he seems like a really cool genuinely nice person who's like you know who's in a nice place in his life and is not just kind of holding back and is trying to like give back to the world and be involved and not you know and not just kind of rest on money or kind of aspire to make more money but really just kind of doing stuff i don't know who knows this is more of a like a 10 year ago impression of dave Grohl, i suppose but whatever um you got any 10 year old impressions of dave Grohl? <laughs> i just that he's uh, you know an amazing person i've met him a couple times i've seen him before shows like, you know, I mean, if you've gone to a lot of concerts, generally the band is nowhere to be seen before the show. Mm -hmm. And more times than not, he is out either behind the stadium or in the parking lot, just hanging out with fans before the show, mm -hmm. you know, and he's not getting paid for that. He doesn't have to do that. Sure. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, yeah, for sure. I was going to come up with whatever. Let's move on. Um, so. Did you apply for any colleges or you're just like, nah, nah. I briefly went to a community college in the tiny little town I grew up in um, for this kind of like audio recording and concert sound degree I was going to do. Mm -hmm. um, but then I blew my hearing very badly and Whoa. realized I was never going to mix music again, probably. And then got a job offer at midway games in chicago so i was just like you know i'm i'm done here i don't need to finish this yeah so you got hearing problems yeah um we were doing a part of what what i we did in school was we set up um the all the audio gear for concerts at a, a local kind of place where you know they'd have uh, bands come by and just and sell 
couple hundred seat kind of uh, shows. And we were setting up the speeches for that. And one of the, the wedges on the stage, I was kind of like on my knees, reaching behind it, trying to plug a cable in behind it with my ear pressing up against the speaker when the guitar player dropped their guitar. And I popped both my eardrums oh my and they both bled. And um, at the time they were like, you're probably never going to hear right ever again. So I just dropped out. And then my hearing came back to almost, almost perfect now. Nice. That's um, cool. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, people can heal from a popped eardrum, huh? Yeah. Unless it's like too crazy. But yeah, shit. I had a oh uh, in school. Did you ever have a student store in school? No, no, we didn't. And I don't think any of the schools in Nebraska then did. Were your schools sell soda or anything? No, uh, we had a vending machine that was only on for like an hour a day. That was the most frustrating thing. But no, we didn't have anything like that. Would you like wait for someone to come plug it in or something? Or was it on a timer? It was on a little timer. And like every day the timer got like two minutes further off. So it was just like, you had to like do the math to figure out when it would be on for the day. Right. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. So midway and then you invented uh hotel VCR systems, right? Yes. Um, what happened after that? Um, I started basically, I just started my own company at that point. That's been going ever since that does consulting for very large websites. You know, like the example that I give kind of is like, you know, say you had a, a company that wanted to advertise on the Super Bowl, and you don't want it when a million people click on your website all at once to break the website and completely waste that ad buy, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. So we do things with companies of like, Hey, you want to have us host your website for a day but on 25,000 servers, you know, okay, we can do that for you, mm -hmm. which is a lot cheaper so was, than them trying to do that themselves. Right. And also it's probably cheaper than having just more baseline bandwidth all the time. Right. right. It's just, it's surge pricing essentially. Yep. That's cool. Um, so when you started the company, it was started as a consultancy kind of firm or whatever. Um, actually it was just started just as a web hosting company that, we just got lucky and had a few clients that came almost immediately that wanted to do enormous amounts of bandwidth. So we had to scale up really fast and learn how to be affordable at high, high, high bandwidth uh, scale. Yeah. So this is not a criticism of you, but you know, consultancy is a thing that happens. And sometimes people trying to pivot to be consultants or, you know, worse, maybe life coaches or whatever, but you know, or sometimes people give the advice, like, have you tried consulting or pivoting to consulting and stuff? And it's always in my mind, it's always like, you gotta have such a fucking ego to be all like, you know what people need is my consultation. And I'm gonna charge them consultation rates for me to consult. Like, it seems like, you know, obviously there's real experts who have like put in a lot of professional years and now they've kind of moved on. But like, it's just, even that, it just seems like, uh, how do you know, like, uh, like I don't know, uh, like who's, who's gonna be like, yeah, I'm a consultant. The thing that I say is worth money, like just because my ideas are so good you know i don't know i just it's something weird about it you know well it's at least in my specific case you know usually i'm working with it departments in a company that have never had to think about their web server needing to be on more than one server you know and right and they're not very technical too probably right right or their expertise is more in dealing with you know the, the printer that jams every time someone tries to print some monthly report and yeah. dealing with all these you know uh, desktop computers and things like that where we come in and say hey we're not trying to take your job we're going to come in we're going to help you and then we're going to leave 
which mm-hmm. is the difference to a lot of them. And there's always a lot of friction with companies that do what I do, which is too many consulting companies have the temptation to come in and go, I'm going to redo your entire business and you can fire your whole IT staff and you're going to save so much money and all that. And that's not what we ever did. You know, we just, we're going to come in, we're going to help you with your one problem. We're going to educate you along the way. So you don't need us next time. And then we're going to be out of your way. Right. That seems like almost, you know, like the just kind of macho business culture, kind of like we're going to come in, throw our dicks around and we'll change so much that they'll be like, wow, those people really must have had a vision and weren't just doing a bunch of random shit. Exactly. uh, Yeah. So didn't you used to work in a more entertainment context or something at some point? Uh, Not really. Um, Other than the video game side of things. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like someone who is it? Someone's someone was talking about how that's like that's part of why you're interested in kind of like doing streaming stuff now. Is like, you know, it's like this is kind of something you were interested in before, but you weren't pursuing or I don't know. You know, I'm just like this is like a weird sense I have in my head. I don't know where it came from. Yeah. No, I mean a lot of our customers do video streaming and things like that. So this is why I kind of was like when, when the, the idea came up, I don't know, six, seven years ago of, hey, let's make Harmontown have video. Um, I was like, hey, I can do that. That's what I do, you know, because I kind of like combine my college knowledge of uh, audio college recording knowledge. and all that stuff um, with the video streaming. And, you know, I mess around with cameras myself all the time and stuff like that. So that was why I was pretty confident I could come in and just like create a TV show out of a podcast. Yeah. And you really did. <laughs> Isn't that right? Um, well, come on. Give me the, uh, what's, 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 what's something? What's something? What's anything? Huh? You sound a little drunk right now. You, you okay? I'm fine. I just drank this fucking sandwich. <laughs> it's a wine sandwich. It's fine. Come on, give me some. Hey, what's uh, all right? Well, what's something I mean, you wish people would ask you about? What's what's a topic you wish you know you had? You know how nerds are. What's a topic you wish you got to like gush about? I mean, not it's like some long term thing, but the thing uh, telling everybody today, I'm getting married on Friday. Me and Ariel decided we're getting married. Uh, we're coming back out to L.A. Going to do it at a courthouse in Orange County, and yeah. So that's that's why we're not filming a show next week. And it's orange. Yeah, I didn't know if we were supposed to reveal. So I obviously made a series of hilarious jokes and bits uh, to cover for the truth, as I often do, because the truth is scary and unchangeable and jokes are controllable and under my command. Um, But yeah, he's getting married and it's going to be a beautiful time. And there's no better place to get married than Orange County, the Nazi capital of (laughs) California. It's it's really you know I, I guess we should go, we should go into our segment the Nazis are at it again because in Orange County oh boy these Nazis are at it again you know and Kevin is looking at a black screen Kevin's eyes have gone black
I don't know. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're not, um, you know, watching live, when Kevin has to play these music, he kind of sits back in this kind of weird mannequin-like pose, and his eyes turn black, and his mouth just opens, and like it's like a speaker, it just the music starts playing out of his mouth. You can see like the 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 lions, the cartoon lions, and like little music notes fire out of his mouth. It's disturbing. Um, and uh but yeah anyway the nazis are at it again uh they're in orange county orange county is full of nazis no no real specifics orange county uh they got a lot of hobby stores i don't know it's a weird thing that i've noticed why i guess there's just a lot of people engaged in hobbies i, I don't know um but yeah that was the news corner with the freaking news this sound cue actually plays out of Kevin's ass. So it's, that's why it kind of has this more kind of like ethereal kind of distant sound. It's, it's coming through his lovely, uh, leather chair. Um, but yeah. So what other, do we have any other bits pocket rants? I haven't done a pocket rant in a while. Um, you have any rants? I want to hear your pocket rant. All right. Uh, this one is on luck um i don't know if i've talked about this before i talked about it on my stream like when i do twitch streams and stuff but um you know i think luck is kind of real it's not you know i don't think that luck is necessarily a mystical force that exists religiously or you know superstitiously but you know uh to the extent that random events happen there's ways to try and encourage random events uh, happening. Um, it's certainly not like enough to like win the lottery or anything, but you know, or, or like, yeah, like winning the lottery, <laughs> you know, you're never going to win the lottery if you don't play it, which is not an endorsement of winning the lottery. But you know, if you want to have the luck of winning the lottery, you'll never get that luck without playing it, you know, or I don't know, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm finding all these holes in this rant right now. So I'm going to try and, you know, try and find move past them instead of highlighting them and trying on the fly improvise some reason why it's not actually a plot hole in my story. But anyway, I think of luck as like uh, in Donnie Darko, um, there was that kind of weird distortion line that would go out of Donnie Darko's chest or whatever. It was kind of like their future line of them moving through time or something like that. Or like in um, Family Circus, the 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 Sunday, you know, the, the newspaper cartoon, there's sometimes these Sunday issues of the kid, like it was just a house, like a picture of their house or a map of their house with like the dotted line of the kid's path walking through, you know, the whole house and they go in the front and pond and then they go to the toilet and grab all the toilet paper you know whatever but you know if you imagine your life as like this line that your physical body is moving through in the world like you know when your car is moving on a map app or whatever you know we're a line that exists through time you know yesterday i was in bed you know uh today i was on the road you know etc you know that line is like a line that intersects with other lines because people have an interaction right now we're intersecting you know I, my line moved to this chair and it brought me to this intersection online with you who have also moved in your chair and so because of actions we've taken we've arrived in this interaction that has happened because of choices we've made and so it's not like that's luck because that's intention but on some level every interaction we ever have whether that's um you know talking to dan Harmon or um you know like having someone buy a script or something or uh getting a job you know or meeting someone who knows a job that you could apply for or um 
or even just the simple concrete act of getting in a car accident. It's all based on that line. If you leave the house at 1045 and, you know, three minutes later in your car, you get sideswiped, you wouldn't have gotten hit by that car if you left the house three minutes earlier because his line doesn't intersect with your line at the same time. You know, you're going through the road on your specific time frame and he's going through the road on his specific time frame and you intersect because you're literally in the same place at the same time. But everything that happens can be seen as this kind of intersection. You know, again, me with Dan Harmon, a script, you know, and all, all opportunities are intersections, but they're intersections that are contingent on where lines are going. If you want to meet people at a bar, your line has to go into a bar. Otherwise, it's not going to intersect with people at a bar. You know, you're never going to meet people in a bar if you're not in a bar. You know, this is kind of obvious, but like to the extent that we're talking about luck and having lucky occurrences, um, what you do with your time and how you move about it can encourage or maximize your chance of increasing interactions and intersections with people, or it cannot. You know, for for the vast majority of my life, I've just like literally stayed in my room. Even nowadays, I literally stay in my room. Very few interactions and intersections can happen in my room unless I'm interacting online. But you know, that's that's kind of different. But but you know, like all of those things are, are a result of where I've moved in my world and er, er, in world. And I'm not trying to say that like I deserve anything that's happened to me because the way I've moved my line is actually a good way and I'm doing it right and other people just don't know how to do it because that's that's insane but um you know there's a lot of people who get lucky but just not not kind of lucky enough to really break through and stuff but to the extent that you can kind of focus your life to open itself up to opportunities by getting involved in things that could lead to opportunities you can kind of maximize your luck I think when a lot of artists and creatives talk about the advice of just keep creating man just keep writing just keep making stuff i think like the real the real weight of that advice is kind of more what i'm talking about here because if you make a production you have to find someone who knows how to use lights and hold a camera you're making those intersections that i'm talking about and you're increasing the chances that one of those is going to pay off and again one of the guys might have a job you can apply for one of the guys might know a guy that'll read your script whatever um but so like i think that you know i don't know why the people say that specific advice obviously it's good to train you know to, to get experience and and learn what you're doing too but i think that a big part of it is you know they just got lucky because while they were doing the stuff over and over they finally found a lucky break and again a lot of times the people are allowed to grind that hard because they come from some amount of privilege and get support from their parents or whatever you know i don't know but like i talked to we had a that no one can know about this guys last week and you know we've talked to them about how they they feel so lucky um that they met they they met me and you know they feel really lucky about this connection that they made with me and we only made that connection because they did the podcast and they only did the podcast because they were like we've got to make something everyone says you got to make something we're writing these scripts but we're not like we're not like creating anything and we don't we can't give these scripts you know there's no one we know to give these scripts to so we got to do something because like how are we gonna you gotta you know you gotta make something so it's like they were kind of feeling what i'm talking about which is like we can't make our own luck without like putting ourselves out there or whatever and so again it's not 
it's, it's not saying that like you know you can master your own luck if you do the right thing like i'm saying but it's just that i think that a lot of this kind of creative advice kind of lives in this realm where it's it's simultaneously about growing your skills and kind of putting you in places and circumstances that might lend you to getting lucky because at the end of the day all this stuff's about luck you can be as talented or untalented as you want i certainly you know i'm not an actor and i was in two tv shows um and i really shit the bed but you know it had nothing to do with my skill it was all just random chance and luck and the, the fact that i had known dan you know at that point and i got to know dan and i only knew dan because you know I went to the show and I only went to the show because <laughs> I missed the show the previous week because I missed Dan's tweet on Twitter that he was doing the show because every Harmontown before that one show, he tweeted every night, they're like, though, tonight's the night. Here's where you can buy tickets. And I didn't see the tweet because he didn't tweet it that one night. And I tweeted at him, hey, man, I was going to go to your show, but he didn't tweet that the show was happening that night. And he tweeted me, I'm sorry. And, and so, and then I was like, because of that interaction, I was like, now I'm definitely going to go to this next show and that was the show that i went that became you know the, the famous show if i went the week before i wouldn't have gone the week after um you know because i would i can't just go to la every week and pay money to see a comedy show you know i probably wouldn't have gone both times so i could have gone the week before and then not been there for the DD night where it, you know my 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 expertise became relevant and stuff and that's all completely dumb luck and stuff but anyway and so it's like i'm not trying to say like i did it right i know i'm just privileged and lucky and stuff but i think that you know People don't necessarily like hearing the advice. So just keep trying and maybe eventually you'll break through. And I think it's just, there's a bit more nuance to it than I made it. So maybe someday you will too, haha. -ha. You know, which is I think uh, a valid interpretation of that advice a lot of times. Um, but anyway, that's that rant on luck. Um, one of my pocket rants, it's the rant that I keep in my pocket because anytime anyone says something that I can segue into, I love to pull out my pocket rant and just go to town and people get really impressed, baby. And that's our show. Um, thanks so much, Kevin. Uh, the hostess with the mostest. Kevin really keeps me uh, alive. I don't know what the show would have been without Kevin here. Um, I don't know what to call these shows without guests. I was thinking maybe you call them empty shows because they're like devoid of like the actual substance that, you know, you typically would expect from a podcast, but you know, I don't know, not that they're bad or empty or anything. I just, I'm trying to figure that out because, you know, I want to have guests, but at some level we need to gain competence in the empty shows because we're going to have a lot of them, uh, <laughs> as long as the podcast continues and will the podcast continue? Who knows? Jeff's on tour till fucking July and is never going to fucking ever do podcast ever again. And he started the podcast in like or sorry he started the tour in october so jess tour ends in july and then is he going to go on tour again in october are we going to have july and august with jeff and then he's gone again like i don't know like is this just we're just going to kind of it's constantly filling for a show that never really existed in the first place and still basically doesn't but i just you know i like talking into a microphone i don't know whatever anyway thanks so much kevin uh let's let's we can move on to the next show uh as always um Let's just drop all the all the stacks of bits, you know. I'll probably pick them up next time, but <laughs> Kevin, take us out. Bye everybody.